Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. All that is within me. Hallelujah. This is our thanksgiving. You know, the world doesn't celebrate this with us. This is our thanksgiving. This is our nation. This is our time to worship God. This is our time to be grateful. Say, well, you know, things have been going wrong. Listen, you're above the ground. Hallelujah. We give thanks in all things. Amen. Not just in the good times, but we are people that can see the end of what God is doing in the middle of the darkest hour of our life. Amen? And so we're not moved by where we are. We are just moved and encouraged and stabilized, deeply rooted because we know the end is going to come out to our benefit. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what comes your way. Many are the adversities and afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to James 119. We're going to read from 119 through 25. 119 through 25. Wherefore, my beloved brother, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Now, that word slow to wrath simply means that we need to be slow to incorporate action based on what we are hearing and what we are going through. And then the next verse says, For the wrath of the actions of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay aside and apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, a natural man, beholding his face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Wow. The difference between blessing and cursing is simply an action. I want to talk to you today. You may think it's strange being connected with this verse. I want to talk to you today about obedience. Obedience. We live in a world that is selective in what it does for God and how it does and how much it does. We live in a world that has defined the gospel so many times that it has lost its power and its validity. Christianity is now among those that say, we all have religions and we must respect them all. Someplace the church has lost the respect of the world. And we should never have lost the respect of the world. But I think that the key fact of mankind disrespecting the church and losing its fear of God is because the church has not been the obedient bride, the obedient child, 
the obedient offspring of God. We selectively choose. See, we think this. We think because something doesn't happen immediately that that is an authorization that God doesn't care if you do it or not. We must never read the long-suffering of the Lord as condoning of the Lord. If you do something and you know it's wrong, then you know it's wrong and you need to stop. We're going to talk about disobedience and obedience. Oh, my word, I didn't come for this. Yes, you did. Obedience, obey, be obedient. It means this, submission to another. It means compliance to someone else's will. It means to render oneself subject to somebody else's counsel. It means to hear or conform to someone else's wishes. It means to submit or to give place to one's command. Now, you and I have been born again. Now, when God called us or sanctified us or brought us out of sin, he didn't bring us into a place to live by opinions and choices that we get to make every day what we would do or what we wouldn't do. No, no. We have been selected by God to live in obedience. Now, you can find that. Let's go to uh, Hebrews. The uh, Let me see. I'm sorry. Let me see. Do... I want to go to Hebrews. Uh, I want to get this right. Well, first, let's go to uh, Luke, the sixth chapter. And let's look at verse 43 through 49. Then we'll come back to what we have been brought out of sin for. God didn't bring us out of sin to live on our own. He brought us out of sin to live according to his wishes and his will. Now, in Luke 6, 43, it says this. For a good man bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth the corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known, is known, is known by his fruit. For of the thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh unto me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and dig deep laid down the foundation of a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the rock and could not shake the house, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation buildeth a house upon the earth against which the streams did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Now, there are two types of men represented here. One builds his life 
upon the earth. The other builds his life upon a rock. Notice that it says they both hear, but only one does. In other words, one hears and disobeys. The other hears and obeys. The one that obeys, destruction does not overcome him. The one that disobeys, his life is laid in ruin. Now, it tells us that a good tree out of that brings forth good fruit. In other words, we're going to know the fruit by its, uh, the tree by its fruit. So we're going to be able to judge what type of root system it has. Really, we as Christians must judge ourselves because if we say we are Christians and do not do what Jesus has said for us to do, we are simply hypocrites and false sons and daughters. Come on, somebody. Why do you call me Lord and not do those things? See, you can't hear and build on earthly things. You can't hear and survive what the enemy is going to bring your life. If you are going to be a Christian, then hear what Jesus says and do them. Could I get an amen? Do them. So Jesus tells us something. The identity of who we are does not exist in just what we say. It is in the life that we live. If we're Christians, then people should see us doing what Christians do. Amen? I remember when I got saved, I gave up smoking. It took me about a year. It was a struggle for me. I'm sorry. It just, I'm, it just was. Thank God I'm free. I'm free. I'm free at last. Thank God I'm free at last. But it took me a year. Phyllis got delivered like that. I've always hated her for that. But, but honestly, I, I wondered, why, God, did you do that for her? I'm the anointed one. And, uh, you know... I would walk with God, and I'd say, God, if there's anything in between me and you, show me. And one time I seen this big smoke ring going up. Now somebody thinks, oh, you're condemning us smokers. No, I'm not condemning you. If you're condemned, you are condemning yourself because you know you ought to be doing it. Anyway, moving right along. And so I had to work on mine. I'm telling you, I started skipping one cigarette. I wouldn't smoke until I got to work. Then I'd smoke like a fireman, buddy. And then I, I quit smoking until break. Then at break, man, I'd smoke three or four cigarettes. I'd like, <laughs> it wasn't enough. But while I was smoking, I saw a man walking by me at work one time, and I didn't know him, and I said, boy, you, you know he ain't saved. He's smoking. <laughs> and me smoking them too. You know how we are. You know, we're, we're talking about people and we're condemning other people not living right. Well, I'll tell you what, they go watch those movies. Boy, I mean, did you hear about Sister Condittle the other day? I'll tell you that old bitty. Which is worse? The one's gone to a movie or are you talking about Sister Condittle? There's no difference. You're as guilty as the person gone to that X-rated movie or that R-rated movie or whatever type of movie it is. You are just as guilty. Because you're sowing discord. You're speaking death. You ought to be praying for Sister Cadiddle. Amen? Amen. Let's all face it. If she was looking at you, she'd be saying the same thing about you you're saying about her. 
Hallelujah. Ain't nobody just in this place but me. Hallelujah. Moving right along. <laughs> now, and so I, then I wouldn't smoke until lunch. Then you wouldn't want to get me around me to lunch. You couldn't see where you were going. I'm telling you, there was a glory cloud following me, and it smelled like Marlboro. Hallelujah. And uh, then pretty soon I got down to where I wouldn't smoke all day, but then when I come to home from work, I'd smoke all I wanted. I hated to go to sleep. There just wasn't enough time to smoke. And I, I, I just, I, I mean, take pills, stay awake. <laughs> and then pretty soon I got to, I cut them all down until I got to one cigarette a week. I couldn't wait till Friday. I'd cash that check, and I'd buy that pack of cigarettes, and I'd measure them, get the longest one, the most packed one, and then I'd take that one out and throw the rest out the window. I'm down to one cigarette a week. I was sucking Marlboro in where places Jesus wasn't even dwelling. <laughs> I was paying, I was doing all I could to get a moment with Marlboro. Would be that Jesus is that precious to most of us today. Amen? Amen. Then one day, I was finished smoking my cigarette. Hate, hated this. I, I, I wish they would have made long Marlboros, extra, extra long Marlboros. I wish I would have had to get a two-wheeler to roll one out the, the door. <laughs> prop it up outside the window, smoke it to the other end. And... Uh, then uh, people say, oh, don't you just hate cigarettes? No. No. Absolutely not. I don't hate cigarettes. I don't think you should smoke them. And the only reason I gave them up, to be honest to God, is for Jesus. I didn't give them up for you because I don't much care who, what you think of me. Because no matter how good I live, you're finding something to talk about. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Right, Dr. Obalu? Tell me what you've been talking about this week. <laughs> I'm kidding you, Dr. I'm kidding. <laughs> you didn't know I was throwing that curveball. Hallelujah. Anybody want to share your conversation about me this week? Moving right along. I don't want to hear it. Now, but here I got down to one cigarette a week. Here I was in my work clothes. I finished my cigarette. Feeling pretty good. I made it another week with just one cigarette. Hallelujah. You might think, what do you mean, hallelujah? You said, well, well, hey, I went from 20, 48 and a half, half a pack, I don't know, what is that, 56, down to one a week, man, I'm making headway. Yeah. Amen, that one pack of cigarettes, that one cigarette cost me the cost of one whole pack. That was a good cigarette. Now, now when I talk like this, somebody says, oh, you, you just condoning smoking. No, no, listen, listen, be, listen, Miss Critical, be quiet. I said, you shouldn't smoke. And I'm telling you my story of how I got free. Amen. Now, I didn't glow like you when you got saved. So listen to my story with some, at least with some type of human brain access so you can understand what I'm saying. Glory to God. That night I went to church. Pastor preached a message and the pastor's wife was there and she came up to me and she said, Hi, Brother Dosak, right here. Here, we met right in the aisle here. There was only one aisle. She said, hi, Brother Dosak. I said, hi, Sister Thomas, how are you doing? She said, I'm doing great. I had a dream about you the other night. I said, oh, okay, well, what did the Lord say? She said, I, I don't know. She said, I saw you 
with something in your hand and a big ring of smoke going up like that. <laughs> and she thought, she said, I thought, well, that can't be Brother Dosak. And I said right this, I just raised my hand and I said, if you're going to tell everybody, that's it, I'm done with them. And that's how I got delivered from cigarettes. It was from the pure shame that everybody was going to know. If I could have found a way to hide it, I'd still be smoking a cigarette. I did not say I'm still smoking. Don't you go out and start a lie. You lie, you don't fr you'll fry and you don't fly. I'm telling you, you, you'll go to hell making a lie about me. Now, but I knew that God didn't want me to smoke, so I started applying my life. And even as I was doing, I was judging other people, saying they weren't Christian. And me saying, isn't that how we are? Boy, can you believe she's talking about people? Can you just, do you? And then she becomes the subject of our conversation. We got to watch not being hypocrites. I'm telling you, I'm, it, it's the old Adamic nature, and that stuff will just try to get up on us. Amen? So, we understand that we as Christians must be doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen? Amen? Our identity is directly related to our obedience to Christ. Now, if we obey what God says, we are guaranteed a victorious life. You say, but, but I, I, I've been struggling. I've been obedient unto the Lord. That's okay. You stay right where you're at and you stay obedient because the reward of your obedience is going to come up on you. Go to Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Hebrews, the fifth chapter, and I think it's verse 7. This is what Jesus learned. It says, who in the days of his flesh, talking about Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong cryings. Somebody say strong cryings. See Jesus behind the scenes dealing with rejection, criticism, accusations, false remarks, people that are offended when he never meant to offend them. This is the Christ nature of every believer that is offended, hurt, misunderstood. They are praying and interceding that God will help them through it, that they will not offend a brother nor take offense. Listen, just because you see people in church and you think that things are rolling off their back, they aren't rolling off their back. This is a nature of a man that's rejected and despised of the world right here. Amen. And it says, in tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. And though he was a son, though he was a son, Though he was a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. That simply means that when Jesus went through things, he learned the reward of obedience because he did it God's way. See, no matter where you're at and things come your way, you want to handle them on your own. Remember what James says. Your own actions that are stirred by your emotions and your anger and your hurts and your heartaches and your offenses, they shut down the righteousness of God. And you start making wrong choices. Amen? Don't ever, don't ever correct your child in front of somebody because they're ultimately going to rebel in that moment of time. 
take them home, close the door, then let the fire loose and drive hell from their soul. Amen. Amen. But don't do it in front of their friends because they're going to try to keep all the respect that their friends got for them and they're going to come against you. But it's because of our lack of wisdom. True. Look, it doesn't matter when you whip them. You still get the last say, right? right. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Yeah, we used to tell Nikki. I said, one time she threw a fit. And I said, honey, don't do that. I got her in a car and I said, you ever do that again, I'll pull your pants down right in front of your friends. You'll moon everybody. And then I'll put a shine on your rear end that will blind them. <laughs> well, she never threw a fit by the candy counter again. Amen. Had to tell her mother the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> she does in front of the dress rack. I said, I'll tell you, stop that stuff. Moving right along. Now, now, Jesus, look, there is a reward for obedience. You may think you're heartbroken. Nobody understands it. God doesn't understand, and what you're doing is no good. It doesn't seem how, what you do when you're living by faith and obe obedience of God. It looks like everybody else is winning and you're losing. You're not losing. You are not losing. God is building reward for you. And God sees your weeping, your intercessions. He sees your tears behind the scenes as you pray to God. Don't give up because there will be a day when Jesus rose from the dead. He could say, I told you so. And that's what you'll be able to do. God will bring you through. Continue to obey God. So we go through things. But if you really want to reap the benefits of the sonship that you have with God, Bear them. Go through them. Pray. Do what you need to do. Make your way through and don't do wrong. Remember, the Bible says, all things work together to the good of those that love God and keep His commandments. Come on, keep His commandments. Listen, love God, keep His ways in the midst of what you're going through and nothing can stop you from being blessed on the other end. Amen. So let's do that. Amen. Now, let's go to 1 Peter and 1 Peter chapter 1 and 2. 1 Peter 1 and 2. So Jesus was an obedient son. Well, aren't we sons born of his seed? We have his DNA. We have his nature. It is our nature to be obedient. And it says this. This is so good. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto, what does that word say? And the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. What were you sanctified by the Holy Ghost to? Obedience. See, you have been sanctified, separated, cut away from, the disobedient. We once walked according to the lust of the flesh. We walked according to the lust of the mind and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. But now, that's the spirit that worked in the children of disobedience. But now, we have been saved by grace through faith. And we're not our own. So here we are sanctified unto obedience. In other words, when you get born again, you are cut free 
from a disobedient, domineering, satanic attitude, and you are consecrated unto obedience. If we break that obedience, then we tarnish what God has sanctified us to. And if we get disobedience, we break the purity that God put in our hearts to live obedient. Folks, we are to live obedient. Well, oh, oh, it's hard. In the words of a great man, go to Lowe's, get a ladder, and get over it. I forget what great man it was, but I'll take credit. What do you want in disobedience? What lies in disobedience is the same thing, John, that it lied in it in the garden when Adam disobeyed and brought the curse on all of his seed, all of his children, and all of humanity. Can I have Romans 5.12 up? Think of this. Folks, when you disobey, you are going to bring the curse upon your children. Your life is bigger than you. You're going to curse your children's children. How many of you have grandchildren? Hallelujah. What is that? What are grandchildren? Reward for not killing your kids. <laughs> yes, absolutely. They, if you'd have killed them, you wouldn't have had them. That's right. But now they think you're the greatest thing since peanut butter and crackers. Why? Because they spend all your money and get anything they want. <laughs> yeah, they don't call, Mom, Mom, can I have something? No. Let me talk to Papa. They don't even talk to my mom anymore. Let me talk to Papa. And they just tell me, Papa, you know, I'm trying to save for this. Do you have any way I could make any money? I said, could you come down and scratch my back? I'll pay you $100. <laughs> an hour. An hour. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. How many grandchildren you got, Lois? Nine. Nine. Are you like my dad? My dad said the first one got everything. The more we had, we kept breaking it up. We got 14 kids. You ought to have seen the size of that bean. It was just a little tidbit of bean. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of getting two pair of underwear, we got a half a pair of underwear. <laughs> Listen. We will bring the curse upon our children. Now listen. Think of this. There are 64 major curses in Deuteronomy 28. 64. But there are hundreds of children or sprouts off of that curse. We want to be careful. I don't know. I don't want to curse my children. I don't want to curse my grandchildren. Curse my grandchildren that no matter who they marry, they're going to end up in divorce. She's going to find somebody else. She's going to be unfaithful to him. I don't want him to be sick with diseases, his children, the womb never to bear other children. Why should they suffer like we have suffered because of our parents, Adam and Eve? We're smarter than that and we're better than that. Amen? Amen? And it says in Romans 5.12, Wherefore is by one man's sin entered into the world, death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. 
Nevertheless, death reigned. Think of that, death. The devil reigned. There was no way to free yourself from demonic dominion, power, and oppression. Can you think of that? That's horrible. And then it says this, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is a figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense one man of one man many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one sin, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is to many offenses, of many offenses unto justification. For by one man offense death reigned by one, much more shall they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, that the free, that the free gift came upon all men into justification of life. For as by one man's, what? Notice that sin and disobedience are identical twins. Any disobedience is sin. Doesn't matter how you color it. Doesn't matter how little you think it is. Well, it's just one little thing. I know it. Adam and Eve just said, it's only one fruit. Was it an apple? I don't know. Was it pineapple? I don't know. Was it banana? I don't know. It doesn't say. Just one. The tree's full. All we're taking is one. God won't know. He, 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 it's only one. He's not out here counting every night out of every fruit that's on every tree. Come on, Adam, take a bite. Oh, I don't know about that. Eat. Come on, Adam, baby. Oh, give me a bite. You know how women are. Don't you, Aunt Randy? Yeah, yeah right. Maybe. You okay, Randy? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh -huh. yes. okay. And it says, by one demand disobedience, many were made sinners, so that by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded grace did much more abound for as sin hath reigned unto death even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by jesus christ our lord now if disobedience david cursed millions and billions of people by one man your disobedience will curse Every seed that your child and your loins have ever produced. Please listen to me. Your disobedience will position the devil to rule your children like slaves taken captive with no hope. Now, 
Disobedience doesn't seem bad. But ask all of the millions of people, billions that have died of sickness and disease, the curse. Billions that have starved to death because of the curse. Billions of lives that have been destroyed by divorce and children that have ended up on drugs and homeless because of that divorce, the curse. Tell me if they could have that moment back in the garden that Adam wouldn't have laid Eve out like a woman that was having a heart attack. Absolutely he would. You think Eve would have listened to that serpent? She'd have said, devil, let me tell you this. You will not reign over my loin seed and the seed of my loin and my children nor my grandchildren. They shall be people of God and they will be blessed and they will not be cursed and death will not touch this earth by us. She could have, but she didn't. You could have. You still have a choice. You still have a choice. We have been sanctified unto obedience. It is our nature. It is our call. It is our goal. We need to obey God. Could I get an amen? Listen, we need to realize that faith and obedience are Siamese twins. They're joined at the hip. You can't obey and not live by faith. And you can't live by faith without being obedient. So, God gives us faith to be victorious. An obedient life is a life filled with victory and overcomings and successes. Oh, but I'm struggling. You are at the place that Christ was. Don't give up. Because the day is coming that God will open your tomb and bring you out and give you a reward for being obedient. And everything will turn around and work to your good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be in a hurry to get something. Be in a hurry to wait for God and let everything work out to your good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I want. I want God's goodness. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah 119. Isaiah 119, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Isaiah 119, and it says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall, somebody say shall, eat of the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, oh gosh, this is horrible, and you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Now, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. Eat of the good of the land. What if I just drawed a square foot right here and I stood right here and I said, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey God. I'm not moving. I'm going to obey God. What do you think is in that square foot clear through the other side of the earth? You think you might run into gold, water, oil reserves? What do you think you'd run into? Chinese people? What do you think you'd run into? Why, you don't know. 
But I'm just telling you that if you have a square foot and you stand your ground, there is goodness in that land. And you will eat of it. It will abound to you. Now, but if you don't, the sword will come upon you. And you'll cry out, oh God, oh God. And God will watch you be slain. Oh no, God, God, no, 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 no. This is what the Lord, the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You can't disobey until you get in trouble and then say, oh God, I'm sorry and change it around. You can't do that. You're going to have to start obeying right now and do what God wants you to do. Now, there's two places that we need to obey. Number one, we need to obey in the scriptures. Everything that Jesus said, why do you not do, you call me Lord and not do what I have told in you or what I have spoken, that which is written. And then there are the things that God calls us to do in dreams and visions and things of that nature, and we just don't want to do them because they're too hard or they're difficult or, well, that's going to take effort. I, I don't want to do that, you know. And so the question is, when you don't do that, now what I'm telling you is this. Jesus came and dotted every I and crossed every T. You are no different than what he did for you. You are empowered by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Romans, the sixth chapter, that whosoever you become obedient to, you become servant to. And if you have been disobedient, I'm telling you why your heavens are shut up. I'm telling you why sickness is ruling your life. I'm telling you why your kids are rebellious. I'm telling you why things are not working for you. Because of this rebellious spirit that works in the children of the devil. It has got into our lives because we have stopped fearing the Lord. Listen, we are to fear him that can cast, not destroy, only destroy the body, but to cast the body and the spirit into eternity without God. Now listen, do not think that I'm trying to scare you, but know that I am. Don't think it. I am. And if you have to wet yourself, that's fine. We'll clean the seat. I want you to be so fearful that when you do something, you have judged it, you have prayed over it, you have searched the scriptures, and you are convinced that this is the will of God for your life. And then don't ever separate from what you have discovered. Because obedience has no expiration date. Amen? Has no expiration date. And so we are supposed to be obedient. Somebody say obedient. In other words, we are supposed to submit to everything that God has said. Do not become so presumptuous that you start handling things without looking to the voice of God, which is the Bible, Amen. and hearing him speak. Amen. Oh, oh, but I only have a limited amount of time. Then pass the opportunity by. Let it go by. You know, salesman. Oh, you got to get the deal today, buddy. That car will be gone tomorrow. I just think such a piece of junk, it'll never make it off the lot tonight. It'll be here tomorrow. You know, hey, the sale is only on till 
right. You know, we went and looked for a couch, and, and the guy said, no, look, you, you got to get this deal. It's going to be off. It's going to be gone. I can't hold this for you. So I called right down to the factory. They cut $1,500 off, delivered it free, and set it up in my house at no expense. Wow. Wait till he calls. I'm going to say, sorry, bud. Your company has already trumped you. <laughs> yeah. I said, $1,500. Phil said, oh, honey, that's wonderful. I said, could I have some up? No. Now, she was willing to give it to some fat guy up there to the furniture store, but she wouldn't give me none of it. You think of women like that. That's wrong, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> Don't you think that's wrong if I, if I found $1,500 that she had lost, that she at least give me a finder's fee? She kissed me. She said, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I thought, that ain't worth nothing. Give me a hundred bucks. <laughs> well, next time I'll let her do her own little finger walking. See how far she gets down the road. Hallelujah. So, we are to be obedient. Somebody said, be obedient. Now, here is what God sees disobedience as. Let's go to 1 Samuel 15, verse 1 through 3. Now, this is how God sees disobedience don't be deceived don't be deceived don't be deceived Amen. when God sees disobedience as one thing that's what it's like yeah. Yeah. he doesn't see it any other way people that are disobedient no matter in what he sees them this way that we're going to discover first Samuel 15 1 through 3 says Saul Samuel also said unto Saul the Lord sent me to anoint thee and to be king over this people, over Israel. And now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the word of the Lord. Somebody say, the word of God and the voice of God, the of God are the same. All right, next verse. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, remember that when Amalek, what Amalek did to Israel and how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep and camel and ass. Now let's go down to verse 9. So here he has a command, and it says, But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuge, that they destroyed utterly. And then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, Hey, Samuel, it repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me. He's turned back. And hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, 
Saul cometh to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and is gone about, and passeth on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Let me ask you, did he? In his own eyes, he thinks he's right. This is a deception. The Bible says, be you doers of the word and not hearing, deceiving your own self. Deceiving your own self. Deception looks so good, sounds so good, but it's sin. Next verse. And Samuel said, what meaneth then? This bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowering of the oxen which I hear. Here comes the excuse. And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord our God and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, stay and I will tell you what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, and didst fly up on the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yes, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone the way which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, king of the Amalekites, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took. Now it's going to be the people took. Remember, it was his idea. <laughs> yeah, me and the people, we kept the best. Now it's all oh, them wretched people thou gavest me. But the people took all the spoil and the sheep and the oxen and the chief of the things which uh, shouldest have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. Now it's thy God, not mine. Now Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than that of the fat of the rams. For rebellion, rebellion, which is what? Disobedience. Is like the sin of witchcraft. The stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. Remember Luke six forty six. Why do you call me Lord and not do that which I've said? See, they reject the word of the Lord. And it says, the word of the Lord, he hath not also rejected thee from being king. The loss of an identity. Saul said unto Samuel, oh, my God, I, I guess I have sinned. For I've trespassed the commandment of the Lord. And I word because I feared the people. Now it's fear. People and they and obeyed their voice. And therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin, turneth again with me that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee. 
thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. That is what happens when you and I set in motion disobedience. Well, the kids wanted it. Everybody else has got them. Well, I didn't want them to be behind. I, I want them to enjoy life. I want them to have more than I had. No, you had plenty. Your kids will have plenty. You put food in their mouth, the roof of their head, and underwear on their rear end, they'll be happy. Amen? They don't always have to wear 200 pair of shoes. My word, you, you find somebody in an alley now, you find them stripped of their clothes and their money's still on their chest. Why? Their clothes is worth more than they are. $200 pairs of shoes. Come give me a break. Get a job. Amen. And they have to have three or four of them. Got basketball. We got uh, soccer. We got golf. And then we got, we got to look good when we go to church. <laughs> Remember the day it used to be when preachers wore alligators? They were condemned. Now tennis shoes cost more than alligators. I was in a store the other day and seen alligator tennis shoes. I said, what's the world coming to? Don't tell me there's a lack of money. There is a lack of wisdom to spend it. Amen. Could I get an amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. You buy a pair of alligator tennis shoes and don't even tie them. What if you move your feet, take off running, and you lose them? That might be the secret. Get my shoes. I ain't got nothing else. Listen, folks. We paint disobedience in so many colors that we have forgotten what it looks like. We have hid our A-gangs in our caves. We have taken the best to give unto our God. Yet, in doing that, we have rejected his rulership over us. We have disobeyed his voice, and we have rejected his call for our life. God is rejecting disobedient people. Amen. Friends, I warn you, and I'm telling you, it is time to fill up our lamps. It's time to trim our wicks. It's time to get bright. It's time to be strong in the Lord. It's time to realize, listen, you are older than you have ever been, and you are closer to death than you will ever be. You need to prepare to meet God. Amen? Tomorrow may never come. But I do know that judgment will. I want to be prepared. There is nothing in this world that's worth having if it's going to separate you from God. Amen. Now let's go back to James 1, 19. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to the wrath. What does slow mean? Judgment. Stop. View. Seek the counsel. Weigh it out. And choose God's way over our way. Amen? And then it says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Don't hang on to things that can't save your soul. I want to go to heaven. Amen. 
Can you imagine the millions and billions of people that are calling out, crying in a darkened hell? Nobody can hear anybody. Nobody can see anybody. We are left in our own torment. They are crying out. Some of them are our relatives. Some of them are people that we knew. Some of them we walked by and never testified. Some of them are people that were our friends, but we never told them about Christ. They are in an eternal hell, lost souls crying out with no hope of escape. Next verse. But be you doers, doers, doers and not hearers only. You can deceive yourself. If you're not doing something, you are in the land of deception. Next verse. But if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself, he goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And who looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the scriptures, and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. If we disobey, if we know to do good and do it not, to him it's a sin. But here it tells us that we should be doers. Folks, doers of the word. What God tells us to do, let's do. Amen? Let's just do it. Oh, but you don't know. I don't have to know. You don't know my life. I don't need to know your life. My life has as much misery, if not more, than yours. I tell my grandchildren. We were just on a, a house call the other day. And I take him with me on house calls so that Lincoln can learn to see the sorrow of people that are losing loved ones. You say, oh, my word, he's only 14. I've been taking him since he's been four. And I take him. And sometimes I come out and he say, well, Papa, why didn't you pray for him to be healed? I said, son, listen to his voice. He's already home. He doesn't want to stay. Why would we cause him to struggle let us let the process of his faith take him into the hands of awaiting God. But we went the other day and I told the man, I said, no, you, you aren't going to die. No, absolutely not. Because he, he had made the statement, I think I'm going to die before Thanksgiving. I said, you ain't going to die. You ain't going to die. I said, what kind of heritage do you leave your children? You die over the holidays. Every time they go to eat turkey, they'll be thinking about you. What kind, of, what, what, what kind of inheritance is that to leave? I said, in fact, you ain't even going to die. I said, I ain't ready for you to die. I don't want to do your funeral yet. Now, you make me mad, I'll be saying, God, quickly, Lord, come Jesus. Maranatha, hallelujah. But he's healthy. But he just thinks because he's old, nobody needs him. What if I thought like that? Phil said, be gone. <laughs> just because people get old, you still need them, right, Dr. Overloo? Lord, you need to remember that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Remember, old is good. I thought Phyllis would get her vocal cords would get weak. They don't get weak. They get stronger. 
toenails get longer. Our voice gets stronger. Hallelujah. Hair on her back gets thicker. I'm telling you, but hallelujah. She's strong. Hallelujah. So anyway, moving right along. Time to move, Bill? Okay. And, uh, but we have to be obedient. And let's live for God. Amen? What? I, I don't want my grandchildren to see me give up the race. Lincoln Quentin told me the other day, he said, Papa, I'm glad you didn't die. I said, I'm glad I didn't either. Why are you glad? He said, I need stuff. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. But I could read in between the lines. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Hallelujah. I'm a nice guy, but he ain't. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, listen. Let's not be disobedient. Let's be doers of the word. I'm listening to me. I'm telling you, this is life. This is life. Obedience is the difference between life and death. And then your children learn it. Did your grandson do what you do? I'll bet you he acts just like you. That's probably why he gets beat. Oh, like he is. Yeah, okay. Not like you used to be. Good deal. Okay. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. So see, obedience has brought you life. Or God will use vengeance and destroy you. Right? She'll kill you. Hallelujah. Now, sorry about that, little sweetheart. (laughs) I told you, the fear of the Lord, I'm telling you, finally got to somebody. Hallelujah. They're crying out, salvation for me. Hallelujah. Listen. I'm telling you, we want revival. It's not going to come if we don't allow the sanctification to obedience to have its place in our life. Friend, there's nothing at the end of disobedience that you want. I'm telling you, you're going to die. You're going to be cursed. You're going to lose your identity. You're going to lose your placement in God. God's going to reject you. You're going to be forgotten. You're going to be a man or a woman of sorrows. Let's not do that. Let's obey God. Amen. Amen. Let's do what God wants us to do. No matter what it is, let's do it. Amen. Let's just do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I have something to ask you. I need 50 people to do something for me before next Sunday. I need 50 people to be a blessing to somebody in this Thanksgiving holiday. Whether it's you take a pie to their house, whether you invite them to your house, whether you bake them a turkey dinner and take it to their house, whatever needs to be done, I want 50 people today to say, Pastor, I'll be one of those people. This is the time of Thanksgiving for us, but we can witness Christ to people. And so I'm asking 50 people to do something extraordinary during this Thanksgiving period. Now, David... You could have Sharon stay up and bake pies, and you could take them to your neighbors. Sure. That's half and half. You take them, she bake them. And then you take them and say, here, I made you a pie. Hallelujah. <laughs> we used to do that with our neighbors. We noticed they kept moving. Before the next holiday, they would move out. I said, why is everybody moving? And it finally got back to us. It's that lady that sends them pies. <laughs> so we, we don't send them pies anymore. We give them a gift certificate to the spot. They can buy their own. Hallelujah. I need 50 people. Now, we can have a long end of the service, or we can have a quick one. 
I want 50 people that says I'm going to do something, one, two. Help me, fellows, count these. Nikki, count them. Hallelujah. Do I have 50? You've got over 50. Okay, and you're doing? People are coming to our house that don't have any family to that celebrate. That don't have any family because to celebrate. Because you took my children away. Because I'm taking her children deer hunting. <laughs> We're eating turkey. Hallelujah, another day. Now, you can be seated. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's lift our hands to heaven for just a moment. Hallelujah. 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 We serve a great God. We serve a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is wrong with you, young lady? And so why can't you walk too far? My knees hurt. I went to the have surgery on both of them. You did. And so you still have pain in them? So what if we pray and that pain gets gone? That will go away. Huh? That will go away. It's not. Well, how about if I pray for you and it does? Will you tell everybody you meet that God healed you? Come on, think about it. It's better than being in that wheelchair the rest of your life. I get up and walk at home. Okay. Well, good. I just want you to walk everywhere. Now, look, if God touches you, why would you not say, the Lord has been good? Now, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray, and this pain is going to loose you. And if you in your heart say, God, I want to share that with people, you're going to be pain-free. And you're going to walk, and you're going to live, and you're going to be happy. And if you don't, that's okay. God can take it back. And you can be back in your wheelchair. Okay? That's a good enough deal. Your choice. Blessing or cursing? Blessing? Okay. In the name of Jesus, I command right now all of this pain, God, all of these side effects of these surgeries, in the name of Jesus, all of this weakness in these knees and this pain, I command it by the authority of the name of Jesus to come out of her right now. I loose the working of miracles in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, young lady. Tell me what you got. Oh, you got chronic back pain? Okay, we'll take that as soon as you stand up here. You ready? Now, in the name of Jesus, I command this pain in this back right now, in the name of Jesus, all of this nerve damage, I command it in Jesus' name to come out of her right now. Loose her and let her go. Let her go in the name of Jesus. Okay. Come on, step out here and tell me what you got. Got any pain in your back? No, I just, my knees won't bend. Okay. All right. Oh, we're going to get them good. You get no pain in your back. Okay, now right now in the name of Jesus, I command these knees to be loosed and to bend in Jesus' name. All right, we're going to do this one right here. That's it, bend it. Lift it up. There you go. There you go. All right, there you go. Tell me what you got. Okay, they bend, but they still hurt. Okay, we'll get rid of the still hurt, okay? Are you ready? Remember, you chose blessing today. God's going to give you blessing. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, by the name above every name, I command all this pain, this nerve damage in these knees, I command it to loose her and come out of her 
and I loose the working of miracles in Jesus Christ's name. All right, let's go lift them up. Lift them up. That's it. Come on. What do you got? Okay, good, good. Come on, lift them up. There you go. No pain in your back? Okay. Now, tell me what you got on your knees. Here, lift this. Come on, lift these up. Lift them up. There you go. Come on, bend them babies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. And what are you doing? How's it doing? Huh? Okay, pretty good now. Well, good deal. Hallelujah. Now, remember, everybody we meet, look at me. Everybody we meet, you get to keep blessing or you can let it go. You keep it. Okay, everybody you meet, you tell them God heals you. Hallelujah. 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 Heart? Okay. You her daughter? You want to live a good inheritance for your daughter. You want to leave a good inheritance. And so uh, that's why you can't walk? Okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm telling you, God's going to touch you. And after I pray for you, you want to tell everybody what God did for you. Okay? All right. Now, we're marking this day. What is today? The 20th of November. You're going to tell everybody, the 20th of November, around noon, God touched me. Now, I'm telling you that God is going to touch you. And I mean he's going to touch you. And he's going to heal you. And you're going to tell everybody. And you're going to live and you're not going to die. Now, you hear me? Listen to me what I'm telling you. You're going to live and you're not going to die. I'm just telling you, you're going to live and you're not going to die. And God is going to do something in your life. You hear me? Now, what do you need help with? Your lungs and your heart condition? Okay. All right. Everything else is okay? Those are the two main ones. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, listen to me. You look at me. This is not going to be your end. You hear me? We're breaking this today. You are not going to have lung or heart problems. You hear me? Now, are you a Christian? A practice one, a trying to be one, or a luke one? Well, let's not try anymore. Let's not try anymore. We talked about obedience. Today, you're giving your life to Jesus, and you're going to live it like it's one life to live. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I give my life to Jesus. I declare him Lord of my life. I denounce all hidden works of darkness. Come on, say, I declare, I, de I deny all hidden works of darkness. Come on, I deny all hidden works of darkness. I denounce the devil's power. And I declare that I belong to Jesus. From this day forward, I'm born again. I'm God's property. I'm God's child. 
amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you a Christian? Want to be, trying to be, or hope to be? Good. Good deal. All right. Good. This is your inheritance to live and not die. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command this lung problem in Jesus' name. I loose the working of miracles into these lungs right now. I curse this hardening of the lungs. I break its power in the name of Jesus. I command you to loose her. Come out of her, you spirit of death. Let her go. And I loose a miracle into this heart right now, God, into the chambers, in its activity, God. Strengthen this heart in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I break every curse that has come up on her, and I loose life upon her in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are you doing? Uh, better. Well, what's wrong with you? Come on. What is wrong with you? Um, I had hip surgery about a month yeah. ago. Well, good. And, um, Did it work? It, it works. Well, good. It works. So you're doing fine. Slowly I'm getting better. Good. Well, you've been walking with that cane. Yes, I now have. Now you're walking without it. Go home and don't pick it up no more. Hallelujah. Yes, Be thou whole. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Two strokes, a heart attack, and lung problems. And that's why you have this? Yes. Because you can't walk or? No, I'm unstable. Stand up here. We'll get you stable. How's that? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I curse the power of this stroke over her right now. I break your power and I command you to loose her in Jesus' name. God strengthen this back right now, this hip area. And God loose her motor skills in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Tell me what you got. Look out here. Okay, take it slow. That's it. Don't get ahead of your feet. You're ahead to get out there. Hallelujah. Never get it back. All right? It's not like you're heading for the altar. Hallelujah. You want a husband? Okay, well, then don't, don't act like you can run fast enough to get one. Now, when you get home, you got a husband? Or you want to move fast enough to get away from me? Yeah. All right, okay, there you go. Now, now, you get home, you start practicing without that thing right there. You hear me? All right, you use it as much as you have to. Okay. But we do not want to see you on that, okay? Hallelujah. Where do you go to church at? I don't. Why don't you come here? Okay. All right, good. I want to be your pastor. Praise God. And how are you doing? I am fine. Uh, did you have some lung damage? Yes. When I was talking from cigarettes, what happened to your lungs years ago? They diagnosed you with a, like a hardening of a lung? No? COPD. So that's your lung problem? How long ago did you quit smoking? I haven't. You haven't? Well, man, you like just throwing your money away? Let's figure this out. How much is a pack of cigarettes? Five bucks. How much you smoke? Two packs a day? About a half pack a day. Lord Jesus, that ain't not even worth smoking. Listen, man, I know how to smoke. I smoke two and a half packs a day. Wake up at night so I could keep up with the process. So you two hundred two dollars and fifty cents a day. How much is that a week? 
How, how much is $2.50 times seven? How much? 18 bucks. How many weeks in a year? How many? 52. 52 times 18 is how much? I know it's a lot, but how much? Thousand dollars, almost a thousand bucks. How many years you been smoking? Lord God, you burn a house up. You could have had a brand new house. Hallelujah. I tell you what, let's start saving for that today. Let's start heading for a new house. Wouldn't you like to have one? You don't want a new house? Well, I'll give you a match to burn down the one you live in. Now look. Those cigarettes aren't doing anything but stealing your money and killing you. That's, they're not your friends. I'm, I'm just, they're not your friends. And it, you, I, listen, I love smoking. But I tell you, it's not what God wants for us. He didn't make us chimneys. He made us in his image. We're not chimneys. Okay? Now listen. What you do is nothing. Okay? God, I curse this desire for nicotine, and I command it to loose her and to come out of her in the name of Jesus. Now, you just do what you usually do. The bottom line is you won't quit doing it because you don't want to do it. It's just going to stink, and you aren't going to like it. I prayed for an alcoholic one time, and he seen me on the streets, and he said, don't get near me. I said, why? He said, ever since I've been up that church, I can't stand whiskey. If I get around you, you'll curse it. I won't be able to drink beer. <laughs> You go, hallelujah. I want you to live long. I want you to live long. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. How you doing, young man? Good. Is your name good? What's your name? Michael. What a great name. Micah? Wow, that's a Bible name. You know that? Did you name him after the Bible? You did. So where do you go to church, Micah? All right, good. We're going to go here, Micah. That's where we're going to go, okay? From now on, you come here, Micah. All right? Okay. See you next Sunday, Micah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you doing, Eric? Praise God. I believe God is a good God. Amen? Hallelujah. And how are you doing? Did you just have some blood tests done? You have some blood tests? When are you scheduled for your next doctor's appointment? You don't have one. You need to make one. Now listen, but I tell you that God's going to touch your blood. No matter what they say to you in this blood, God's going to touch your blood. And God's going to reverse it. After they say whatever they're going to say, 30 days later, you can come back in for another checkup, and it's going to be okay. You do that. You need to get checked. You need to visit doctors. Need to, they can tell you what's going on. Amen. Better than he can. All right? You, is your back hurting from carrying him? Oh, his back's hurt. Did you have surgery on your back? No. You didn't. So what happened to your back? Car accidents? Really? So you've been having trouble for the last month on it? All right. Well, let's pray for it here. Hallelujah. Now, when he gets home, make him take the trash out. He'll be well. Okay? You won't be able to. 
When I get a back problem, I tell fellas, the dishes are too heavy, but it don't last. She believes in prayer. So she prays and says, now go do something. All right, now in the name of Jesus, I curse this back pain. I curse God right now, and I ask you to bring it into alignment in the name of Jesus. All these nerve damage, God, that's erupting and inflamed, I curse it in the name of Jesus. I command all this pain to loose him and come out of him and set him free in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, did you have pain when you were sitting there? Okay, tell me what you got going on. Okay, let's get rid of all of it. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Now, you close your ears so you can't hear when he gets healed. I think he's afraid of you hearing he might get healed. And in the name of Jesus, I command all this pain, come out of him and let him go. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right? Stand up and check yourself. Tell me what's going on. Huh? Good. Now you, you, you can't hold that against him. Let, him. let him be free. Hallelujah. All right. How you doing, Joel? Praise God. Come on, lift your hands up towards heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How would you just like to have your life turned around in a moment of time? I believe that God is a God of second chances. And I believe that God is a God of blessing and increase. And I'm telling you that God is going to begin to turn things around for you. And God's going to give you a second chance. God's going to give you a second chance. Now, what you do with that second chance is that you recognize that this is God. And you give God his just due in your life. And if you will, that change will continue. Blessing will continue. Increase will continue. Deliverance will continue. And as long as you continue to give God the glory, God will be your God. And he'll do you right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are you doing, young lady? Bitter? Better than when I was there. Good. Hallelujah. Why do you think you've been better? I know I am. I just know it. You just know it. Wow. Better than when I was there. Good. Hallelujah. Now, where do you go to church at? Sydney. Sydney. Okay, good. Be faithful. Yes. Keep attending there. Hallelujah. And believe God, and God will be good to you. Amen? Yes. All right, I'm glad you're doing better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There you go, man. She's taking off in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you might as well be happy. Amen. It's about to end in another hour. Right, Pam? Hallelujah. How you doing? Hallelujah. Praise God. Is your daughter here? Didn't you have a daughter that couldn't have a baby? Again? Again. Thought she couldn't have one. No. She had Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. Well, she had. She had a. Boy, he's two years old. And she had a. She's pregnant. 
didn't she have a problem? Yeah, her uterus, they, she had lost the baby. Yep. It was all metacarded. And uh, Yeah, and I called her out and told yes, her that she had lost yes, that and that she, she would have a child. And even and though they told her, and a month later she yeah. was pregnant. We know it wasn't divine, but it was, yeah, yeah. Yes. hallelujah. Yes. Good, and now she's having another one. And this, yep, this is her last one. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands up towards heaven. Let's stand our feet. Oh, precious is the flow that washes white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I don't know the rest of that. Can you sing that for me, Ashley? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us all again nothing but the blood of Jesus how precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other I know nothing but the blood of 